Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks from Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. You know, I had a little bit of a health issue lately and I lost a lot of weight, almost like 60 pounds. Now, some of that was on purpose. Some of that was from the hospital stay, uh, but I had to get some new clothes. And so guess where I'm going? That's right. I'm going to Leon Tailoring because Larry, Norm, Kim and Judy have taken my measurements for years and the measurements have dropped a little bit. And so they'll take care of me just like they'll take care of you. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. Don't tell me you lost weight. They'll be able to tell if you have or not. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, there have been lots of things going on in the news lately, both at the state, national, and federal levels. And join us to kind of talk about all this uh, for the next few minutes is our good friend, Republican Jim Merritt, Democrat Laura Beck, and Libertarian Mark Rutherford. So, Jim, Laura, and Mark, thank you all very much for being with us. Always good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, This week, we saw uh, President Trump indicted for the third time. Uh, This is in connection uh, with charges to overthrow the government, conspiracy to uh, overthrow the government. Uh, The the president was not tried for his free speech because we all have that right, and the special counsel acknowledged that uh, in the indictment. Uh, So, uh, Jim, let me start with you. Uh, What does this mean? Uh, First of all, your reaction to to Trump's third indictment. Well, it, it, it seems to me, Abdul, that the, the federal government, uh, and, and it's, it's hard to persuade me otherwise, the federal government is trying to bleed uh, the former president dry of, of, of money, of uh, funds uh, to, to um, protect himself and defend himself in court. And, and this is just another example. And I don't say that as a as a partisan, it, I just can't. I, I, I've not heard a good explanation of the case, this recent case with Jack Smith, uh, a good defense of, of of his case. And so I'm um, uh, the first two uh, understandable, uh, but this third one just kind of rises to the. The idea that it, that there's an all-out assault on Donald Trump. Laurel, what, what are your thoughts on the president's indictment? Well, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts, um, like most, like most everyone does. Um, I think that, I mean, it, it's certainly the fact that he basically fomented and, and brought about an insurrection um, on a, a process that is incredibly uh, important for the workings of our democracy, one of the most um, sacred sacred pieces of our democracy. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it, clearly. Um, I think you're going to have people who are going to be divided into different camps based because it is Donald Trump and based on, on what they on what they believe politically. I think it, would, it is, again, it polarizes people because it involves Donald Trump. Um, however, um, it is... I mean, he he did bring this on, um, and he. I mean, people died because of it, and so um, I'm not terribly surprised that this came down. Um, but the hits keep piling up against him, and it's going to be fascinating as he heads into these Republican primaries, because he is in the Republican primary, um, with all of this, with all of these legal issues hanging over him. And will he still come out of the primary, the Republican primary, which is very, very possible, and very likely that he will. Mark Rutherford, uh, your thoughts? Well, it's a very interesting case. Um, I've read the indictment, That's uh, and it, it, it all boils down to intent uh, and with these conspiracy charges, and all he has to show is some reasonable doubt, and is there a reasonable doubt whether he, if he made false statements, was he knowingly doing that? 
Did he really believe what he said? Uh, this is a tough case for the prosecution, in my opinion, because of that. Um, they're also relying on Reconstruction-era laws to a large extent. Uh, also, a lot of laws, the federal government's notorious for this. They're broad, and it's kind of hard to tell where the lines are. We've had a long time in history figuring out where the lines are for murder and self-defense. And even then, sometimes in the courts, there are issues about what, what was it and uh, where's the line drawn. We're going to have the exact same arguments here. Um, it, uh, it's going to be a tough one. Um, and I'm not so sure that uh, it will be successful, not because Trump's behavior wasn't bad or abhorrent in some way, but these are criminal charges. It's, it's very, very, very serious. Uh, Mark, uh, since you're also the other lawyer in the room, I want to ask you this and start with you and then just sort of go around the, 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 the phone table if we could here. Uh, one of the things that uh, that the, that uh, I noticed, and I also read the, the indictment several times, I thought was interesting were the, were the unindicted co-conspirators, the Rudy Giuliani's, the Sidney Powell's, who, who we all know, uh, I thought that it was interesting that the that the special counsel's office did not charge them, but sort of mentioned them and sort of and we all know who they are. Uh, why do you think they did that? My theory is that they want to call them possibly as witnesses, or if Donald Trump calls them as witnesses, like hey, uh, here's what I told him, here here's what here's what his intent was. They would also be setting themselves up for possible charges down the road. That's right, um, and. If they are important witnesses for the pro prosecution, for the federal government, um, they don't want them taking the Fifth Amendment, saying, I'm not saying anything because you might charge me. Um, and furthermore, we may have some surprised uh, uh, agreements out there where they're not going to get prosecuted for anything they say on the stand. Um, the, to me, people are being protected probably by the, the federal government and its prosecution. And... Uh, I, if I'm Trump, I would expect it, quite quite frankly, that people are beginning to turn, because if you've ever worked with the federal government, it's huge, it's massive, it's got lots of resources, and it overwhelms people. And even somebody with the backing of Trump, the support of Trump, it's a, quite an endeavor to go over a place, uh, go against a prosecution where you can write a $100,000 check if if uh, you need to, to, to get your witnesses together, et cetera, fly them in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Our guests in the room today are Libertarian Mark Rutherford, Democrat Laura Beck, Republican Jim Merritt. So we'll talk about the news and uh, the news cycle uh, this past week. Uh, Laura, one of the big criticisms uh, against the Justice Department has been that the by Republicans and some of the Trump supporters has been the Justice Department has been weaponized. And there are sort of two different standards of justice, uh, one for Donald Trump, another one for Hunter Biden. What's your reaction to that? Well, Hunter Biden isn't the former president of the United States. I mean, I think that's first of all. Um, and I think there's, there is a uh, tendency in politics and really in, in life is to, to go into this what about is well, what about this, what about that? I mean, these are two very different cases. I would hope that the Justice Department will, um, if there are charges and there are, if, if, Hunter if Hunter Biden did indeed do the things that he's alleged of doing, then he should be held accountable for that. Um, but it, it I, I think basically it's just a shiny object to distract people from the from from Donald Trump and from from what he's alleged to have done and what we know he's done. Um, but I wanted to go back to one thing that that you and Mark were just talking about about the Justice Department, and how these federal prosecutors have moved. Uh, I had the honor and, and privilege of, of 
working with Terry Curry when he was Marion County prosecutor um, as a consultant. And one of the things I learned very quickly is that when it comes to litigation strategy and prosecution strategy, it doesn't always line up with PR best practices and it doesn't always line up with what we you know, what we see on law and order um, when they're putting when, when prosecutors are putting together cases, they're doing it in a very organized, methodical and strategic way. And because you don't see what they're doing behind the scenes, you don't always understand it. Um, so I'll be very interested to see as this case comes together um, based on um, what they've what they put together and what they're doing. Uh, Jim, has the Justice Department been weaponized? Yeah, Abdul, you know, um, a couple of surprises for me in this. Uh, number one, the court that 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 this case has been assigned to um, with that particular judge is going to be really, really difficult. Uh, and two, Bob McDonald, uh, his case, uh, he was the governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Similar, uh, went all the way to the Supreme Court and they and they. Um, uh, they they overturned, and 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 so, you know, I, this has a long way to go uh, to get to a, to a court of law, as well as um, I was surprised if if, if Jack Smith was going to go there, that he didn't uh, charge the Trump with uh, with really the insurrection, uh, and 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 that that surprised me because. Because I think we all thought that was what was going to be the case. Our guests on the program today are Republican Jim Merritt, Democrat Laura Beck, Libertarian Mark Rutherford, our political panelists. We sort of talk about uh, the big news items uh, from this week and also uh, some of the smaller news items as well. I want to change gears a little bit, uh, just pivot slightly and talk about uh, former governor and vice presidential candidate Mike Pence. Uh, The governor uh, was actually in Indianapolis earlier this week. Uh, sort of uh, making a making a stump at the state fair, making a stop by, and criticize uh, Donald Trump's lawyers as crackpot lawyers, uh, saying he didn't find out about the uh, fake electors until till later on. Um, then again, he also he's trying to get uh, to qualify for the campaign. Uh, so, Laura, we'll start with you. Uh, Mike Pence's reaction to all this. What do you think? Um. Boy, where to, again, where to begin? There's so many things that one can say about Mike Pence at this moment in time and, and at this moment in history. Um, I, I don't know about all of you. I have long thought it's absolutely fascinating that when he is under tremendous pressure um, at the national level, he comes back to Indiana. Um, and I think it's because he must feel very safe here and he must feel as if he can, he must feel cocooned um, and, and safe to, to do some of this because I don't necessarily know if he would be, if, if he would be treated with the same level of deference, deference elsewhere. Um, that's just a personal, personal aside. Um, I mean, I, I feel like the only reason sometimes we talk about him in Indiana is because he's from Indiana. I mean, he's, his presidential campaign is is not uh, running on all cylinders. I mean, he he is barely raising any money, which to me is a in, very interesting sign that the donor base does not think he's viable. Um, it it the, the fact that they had to put out something saying that he's close 
close to qualifying um, the former vice president of the United States for this debate is is, is also very telling. Um, but he, he's in a tough spot. I mean, he he had an opportunity to make a clean break from Trump, and he did not. And this is a situation where you, you can't have you can't play it both ways with Trump because Trump is, is finished with him. So if he does qualify for this debate, I would expect it to be a total schoolyard bully bully situation with him. Um, and that is not going to end well for him because he doesn't do well in that environment. Uh, Jim, your thoughts, your reaction to, to your reaction to Mike Pence's reaction. Well, uh, the rough and tumble of presidential politics. And uh, and, and I, I think it was an error to talk about the Trump thing uh, yesterday. I, I think if, if, if I'm in his shoes, I'm trying to get those 40,000 um, 40,000 donors right now appealing to the state of Indiana uh, to help him out. And and his remarks kind of took all the air out of the room for something like that. Mark? Jim, I agree with you completely. I, I just totally agree with you. That is that is really a, a, a great assessment situation. That, that was the headline today, Laura. And, you know, um, yeah. nothing about being on the stage. Uh, Mark, let, yeah. let me get your thoughts on Mike yeah. Pence's reaction to all this. Well, I think Jim summed it up quite well uh, that, uh, about that. I was a little surprised he went on the attack at this point in time, especially since he doesn't have the 40,000 donors that he needs to get in the Iowa debates. Um, he needs to concentrate on getting getting into that. Um, so uh, I'm not sure what good it did unless they really, really think right now they've got to separate themselves from Trump completely. But the problem with that is that you get – People posting on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, uh, things showing, well, but you said this, you know, 60, 70 days after January 6th, and that seems supportive, and now you're throwing him under the bus, so to speak. So um, I, I was just kind of flummoxed and scratched my head about why he did what he did. Our guests on the program today, Libertarian Mark Rutherford, Democrat Laura Beck, Republican Jim Harris. We're sort of talking about uh, presidential politics uh, for right now on the program. Uh, Jim, let me ask you, uh, was it a mistake for Mike Pence to run for president, you know, right here, right now at this time, just sort of maybe let the, let the other folks, you know, duke it all out and then maybe come back in four years or maybe eight years? I don't think it was a mistake. I, I think that uh, you, you, you when you feel... Uh, I, I, Blair, not Blair, Abdul, you 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 know this better than most. When when you feel the need to do something and you feel like you have momentum, and and you want to contribute, you, and you feel as though that you can command the stage and there is a lane for you, you do it. And uh, Mike Pence, uh, I agree with Laura that he should have broke with uh, Trump uh, and 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 forcefully. And, and, and created his own lane, and um, and he kind of did that yesterday, late. Now, now a Trump voter will not send him a dollar now, and so uh, I, I I don't think it was a mistake because in his heart of heart he sees himself in the mirror as a as a president of the United States. He 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 he's on the on the global stage with Ukraine, and he understands uh, international issues. And he felt as though this was the time, and when 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 you when it's in your gut, and you feel like you have to uh, run for that office, you do it. Laura, was it a mistake for Mike Pence to run for president? 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do. And I, I you know, respect what, what Jim said. And I think it's a great uh, assessment about when you do make a decision to, to get in and, and to run for office. Um, but I just because you want it to be so doesn't make it so. Um, and I, I think with Mike Pence, I mean, he had an opportunity to step away, to go to the private sector, to make some money. Um, we know that that's always been an issue for him. So go and make some money. Elevate yourself, carve out a new profile for yourself. Um, but getting in in the weeds to this ma- getting in the weeds to this kind of mess is just not that's not a natural fit for him. And and I think the other challenge is is that but for Donald Trump, he would have likely lost that governor's race in 2016. So to to try and squeeze 10,000 more donors out of out of the turnip that is Indiana is going to likely be challenging for him and i don't think he's going to get a warm welcome in trump country and there are a lot there's a lot of folks in trump country in indiana uh mark when you look at the look at sort of the primary uh look at all the republicans who are running donald trump sort of has a plurality to majority of the vote uh should mike pence have taken a pass on running for president this go around well the problem always with predicting when you should run is uh, you really don't know if that was a good idea until after the primaries, or at least when the primaries start. This is a really, really volatile primary uh, issue. Uh, how people react to Trump, I've, I've talked to an awful lot of what I would consider former Goldwater or Rockefeller Republicans, and a lot of them don't like Trump. Um, so I'm not so sure how strong the support really is when push comes to shove. I'll have a better idea after a couple of primaries uh, next year. Um, so I'm not trying to be wishy-washy, but it's always a guess. I mean, I've, I've been involved in politics, and I've run for things, and I've been told afterwards I ran too early. Uh, but I looked at what I looked at, and I went, well, this is my chance. And sometimes you look at your life and you go, if I'm going to do it, I better do it now, because in four or eight years, I'm going to be doing something else like, hanging out with the grandkids in in the Bahamas or something like that. (laughs) Exactly. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.